This episode of the Hall of Justice is brought to you by Alara Health Products. Every time I turn on the news, there is something about COVID. There is something about the flu. There is something about viruses. Medical experts are understaffed. There's so much going on. The best way to avoid doctors is to improve your immune health. There's a product that I just learned about called Immune Extra, and it's the only product available that can increase immune health up to ninefold in as little as nine days. It does so by increasing the amount of messenger cells that alert the immune system of any invaders. It's only one per day for maintenance. Think of it as a multivitamin for the immune system. Dosages can be increased to up to 15 per day with no side effects ever reported after millions of doses. It's been around for over 30 years. It's just new to sports with friends. It's not new to the world. It's now available in a triple strength formula originally sold only by doctors. And if you have tested positive for COVID or any respiratory illness, it's a true medicine cabinet product. Immediately, when someone close to me tested positive, I wanted to know exactly what I should do. I contacted doctors. While we are not giving medical advice, this is something you want in your possession. It should be taken upon the onset of symptoms. Go to their website, www.immuneextra.com. And when you're checking out, get 15% off just for finding this from Sports with Friends. The keyword that will get you 15% off for the Hall of Justice. The keyword that will get you 15% off is Justice 15 for the Hall of Justice. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Justice 15 gets you 15% off when you check out. And go to their website and check it out. Because if you don't want to just take my word for it, listen, my word's not gospel. Neither is anyone else's that you might hear from today. But go to the website, check it out, read about it. And you know what else I did? I Googled it. Click on news. There's nothing about any harm. There have been no side effects. There's nothing about this that would be alarming. Give your immune system a fighting chance against everything that's out there in the world, including COVID. Go to immuneextra.com. Use the keyword Justice15, and they'll know you found out about Immune Extra from the Hall of Justice. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great Hall of Justice... Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them, like, actually fighting crime. Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. 
Welcome to another episode of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 269, and we thank you for the subscriptions, the downloads, the ratings, the reviews, the whole thing. Uh, iTunes has helped. We've got some numbers recently, and they're doing well, so we love that you're listening to this podcast. Uh, our thanks to the last couple of guests. I mean, we had some some big heavy hitters, uh, Greg Weissman from Young Justice and uh, the new Catwoman Hunted, which comes out still in a couple of weeks. Uh, Greg Weissman also from Gargoyles. We got to talk Gargoyles on this podcast. And before that, Todd Helbing uh, was with us, the showrunner for the uh, hit CW show, Superman and Lois. And one comment on that, and I'm sure it'll come up in today's discussion, uh, Superman and Lois is off to a flying start. The first three episodes are freaking awesome. And uh, that is my unadulterated, not, uh, I, I have not been asked to say that. Nobody has pushed me to say that. It, the show's freaking good. Uh, but as the Superman and Lois show has premiered, a rumor came out in the trades, you know, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, wherever it was, um, that the CW is for sale. Now, for those of you who don't know, the CW is the amalgamation of a Paramount production and a Warner Brothers production. Originally, it was the UPN and the WB. Those were the two networks. And then they merged together in a joint venture to form the CW. This happened around Smallville time. Uh, but now uh, all those ventures together want to get rid of the CW, apparently. They want to sell it. We'll talk about the rumors of where it might go and what might happen to it. But the natural question that I thought this episode should be about is what happens to all the superhero shows? There's so many going on right now. There's all these ones in development. And it grows into a bigger picture in that aren't we all going to streaming services anyway? You know, what's the difference if you're on the CW or not? And what is is the overall value? Uh, joining us now uh, to help us break this all down is an old friend of the podcast. He's been on. You're going to have to remind me which episode you were on. But from Fandom Spotlight, and uh, that's a YouTube channel and a website, Kyle Williamson runs that show. And he joins us now here on the Hall of Justice. Kyle, first of all, thanks for coming back. Welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> First of all, let's 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 address the bit the elephant in the room, and that is it seems like the CW is going to be sold. Uh the television network. Yeah. But there's articles, it's it's more than a rumor at this point, I believe. Right. It's for sale. They're just the buyer hasn't come forward. The rumor is, and I, I want to stress what has been rumored to me because I did a bunch of research on this and I talked to some people. Uh, who wouldn't go on the record and wouldn't come on this podcast because they said they're too close to it. Uh, and they said the rumor is that it's going to be a news talk station because that's something we need more of. Uh, <laughs> we, we definitely need more of those. Um, but that's, you know, it's a departure. And it kind of makes you think that the properties that are on the CW are either going to end or they're going to migrate to another Warner Brothers property, and HBO Max just seems like a natural fit. Is that how you interpreted everything? Oh, absolutely. Well, Flash has been on for a long time, and I know they've been pushing Grant Gustin to sign up, you know, for like a lot more seasons. But they, honestly, really? it's lost. 
yeah they, they they this was a while back i think either right before the pandemic or like a little after but they were talking about they wanted him to sign on for a bunch more seasons and i don't know what came of that i lost track of that story i think but, the world of i want to just be clear i think the world of grant gustin i think he has been in a phenomenal flash um i think that show has run its course and we're supposed to have the showrunner, the new showrunner, Eric Wallace, on in a couple of weeks. But the the and, and what I don't want to do is start breaking down each and every show. But it, I just thought the natural progression with the Flash movie coming out in November. Why have two? You know, that's you know when we started the podcast. I'll tell you that's that was the reason we had Zack Snyder on, and Zack Snyder then blew up and it turned into this whole thing because he ripped Superman fans. And it turned out to be a whole nother conversation. But my only question was, why would you have Ezra Miller if you're going to have Grant Gustin? Well, now that The Flash is getting his own movie, I just I thought the show ran its course. Well, I look at the storylines and I think it has run its course and it's not necessarily because of the movie. It's just been on for a long time. They've told a lot of the stories. I would love to see Grant Gustin appear in Flashpoint yeah, that would because be awesome. that would be awesome. And if Spider-Man No Way Home has proved anything to us, people having multiple stuff. actors yeah. who play the same role is gold, um, you know, in your movie. So I do think that it would be natural for the Flash to end, you know, before the sale or whenever the sale is taking place. So they don't have to worry about it. I don't think that they don't necessarily couldn't have two flashes at the same time because they did because he, the flash was in justice league and had that little bit part in Batman, the Superman, you know, as Ezra Miller and Grant was still doing his thing. And, and I agree with you. I, I have great respect for him as an actor. I think he's done a wonderful job as Barry Allen and he had big shoes to fill. I mean, John Wesley ship, was my flash initially right, right, right so but i think he's done a fantastic job he's been a great flash but yeah i think the show should wind down so, well, well uh, but this is of part tomorrow of it. might also yeah this this is this yeah. is this is part of it before like i said i don't want to just you know do eulogies for all these these shows because they all have their merits and their their flaws but this is one of the great shows that is is in the model of 20 some odd episodes you know the flash has had to do 22 23 24 episodes during its eight season run and i think that's been the biggest death knell of the flash uh, and all these shows to be honest is this just too much and it's hard to tell a serial nature story you know something that that goes from week to week to week to week and tell that many episodes it's just you're seeing you know, they call it the BBC model. You know, the BBC model is uh, very highly produced short season arcs. Uh, Sherlock, use Sherlock as the example, the original office. Um, there's plenty, there's plenty of examples of each episode feels like its own feature, but it they end and, and it's short runs. And you're seeing with streaming services, that's what Disney's doing. That's what HBO Max is doing with Peacemaker, um, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, all these ones. 
were short runs. Netflix, Cobra Kai, 10 episodes. Um, you're seeing this model where if Cobra Kai is an example, okay, that's a show that is literally by the time you get to episode nine, you're ready for the crescendo. By the time you get to episode 21 of The Flash, and we're, we're picking on The Flash, but I'm just using it as the example, it's, it's exhausting already. And there's no way on a TV budget they can live up to all of that hype over months and months and months and months. So I guess our, you know, what I'm curious about the sale of the CW is, are they all ending? You know, is Batwoman ending? Is is uh, Legends? You know, you ref you started to reference Legends of Tomorrow. Is Legends ending? Are they ending these shows and then going with Green Lantern Corps and Titans and Doom Patrol and have the sh shift go over? And to me, a natural fit because we had Todd Helbing on two weeks ago. He debunked the rumor, but there was a long rumor that Superman and Lois has an HBO Max budget, and it's just airing on the CW. And he said it's the other way around, but they clearly are giving Superman and Lois more money. I mean, it's it's obvious just by the the, the aesthetics of the whole thing is they're giving uh, uh, they're putting a lot more money into the Superman and Lois show, and so it's a natural progression to HBO Max. I know I'm throwing I a lot out there. there, but it's just <laughs> I just see like you're seeing the transformation of the new model of short seasons, but highly produced, amazing seasons, you're seeing that model being demonstrated all over. And I don't think we're ever going to see if, if this sale goes through and this happened, you are never going to see a superhero content have 22 episodes ever again. Well, I totally agree with you there. The shorter seasons, more to the point, are definitely the wave of the future, though the UK knew it way before we did. And, you know, we're just catching up to them. And one day we'll actually have the metric system. However, uh, that I think was also the problem. And I know this is not DC or CW related, but the Netflix Marvel shows, uh, a lot of them were good. Yeah. But it's like they, they committed to a certain number of episodes yeah and it could have been told in a much shorter run luke cage, much luke, luke much cage was better... the best example of luke cage in eight episodes is better than luke cage in 13 exactly yep yeah said there was that a lot on of this stuff podcast then. punisher <laughs> yeah there was punisher jessica jones the first season was, was bliss just maybe slightly long but it was still it was perfection it was it, it was, was perfection, perfection. Uh, the following seasons might have been shortened. So yeah. you could do even less. I do yeah. see going to the streaming model, you know, releasing. And I understand why HBO Max and Disney Plus is not, they're not following the whole Netflix model of just shoving all of them down at once because people binge it. They talk about it for a couple of weeks and then they stop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it still doesn't mean that people don't enjoy the series and want to come back, but HBO Max and Disney Plus want to have that conversation going longer. Now, I'm going to admit that I've been a little bad. I haven't watched the first episodes this season of Superman and Lois. 
I was a little behind and I just finished watching last season, but even the first season was a phenomenally well done. Oh my God. So the quality was just way above. Well, the thing that Superman and Lois, and we said this when I had Todd on and we had before that, we had the guy who plays Kyle Cushing, Eric Valdez on uh, episodes 266 and 267, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, We had them on what I thought, you know, I subscribe to the model and I've said this on this podcast now probably a hundred times. Bruce Tim in Wizard Magazine, when Superman, the animated series came out, his first quote is writing Superman is really hard. He said it. He just said it's really hard. He's so stinking powerful. It's hard to make compelling content. What I told Todd Helbing and I, I I basically just, just, you know, I I kissed his ass, even though he had already agreed to come on the show is (laughs) you have a character that's been written about and written about and written about in so many incarnations. The idea that you're doing something that has not been done before is incredible. It's incredible that they're doing it. The one problem and Todd addressed it and it was all over social media because he addressed it on the hall of justice is that he's not referencing Supergirl. And I don't understand that. I, it, it, you're in a yeah, universe. Yeah, that was it's one, that it's, was actually right. my my irritation. I mean, I understand she's going on off-world missions or whatever, but I thought it would have been a nice, just cameo, quick thing. If at the end of the last episode of last season, when he's well, it's not even cameos at the destroyed right. fortress, have her show up and be like, you know, I wish I could have helped. I wasn't here. My God, I'm so. Sorry, Cal. And then well, they have a it's, moment. It's not, it, it's not even that. What Todd said they did, they had a planned crossover with Batwoman. And they, when COVID canceled that, they decided that the references weren't going to make sense. And so they had to change it. And they actually wrote, Todd Helbing says this, I'm paraphrasing. He says, we wrote Kara out of it. So COVID was the reason they did that because it was Kara was never going to appear. But if you remember the first season of Supergirl, she texted Clark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I referenced that because we had Tyler Hecklin on it and I was saying how thrilled I was because any good Supergirl story has Superman in it. I, I don't think that's knocking Supergirl. It was a little aggravating that there was no reference to Kara, no reference to anything in this at all you know even a phone call to alex saying you know she's off world or something and you know she wishes she could help because this is also the problem with some of the marvel movies and you have all these heroes on earth and something huge is happening and there's an invasion or something like that and only one of the heroes shows up to deal with it i mean we have well, that's people that's been the issue so. with the universe. The early seasons of uh, the Flash, I wasn't wondering where Oliver Queen is. Like that—that that was what the, made the Flash. I thought in the beginning extraordinary was that I wasn't doing that, and I compared it. I remember uh, to uh, Agents of Shield, because in the beginning of Agents of Shield, you weren't wondering where Tony freaking Stark is. But by the end of it, that's all you're wondering. Like, where the hell's Thor? Like, why are they not helping? You know, the, the stakes get too high. Um, I guess my, my question 
about this, or it's it's more of a statement, but I I, w- I want your thoughts on. I think that the Berlanti, the Arrowverse, had an incredible run, and I don't know that future projects need to be in continuity. That there's a Batgirl movie, uh, there's this Green Lantern. Okay, the, here's the example: there's a Green Lantern show. Green Lantern show does not have to take place in the Arrowverse. Uh, the Titans don't Absolutely. have to take place in the Arrowverse. What? Absolutely. Well, Stargirl doesn't take place in the Arrowverse. It's she's in another world, another timeline. It's I mean, a, it's now another been... Earth. It's another Earth brought forward by the crisis, which was, again, awesome. I would tell anybody if you're going to watch anything, rewatch that crisis. That crisis was so good but it it um the star girl reference and it's the same earth as john west's ship in the in the flash because in season two of star girl the jay garrick character appears right so it, it's it's it, it's in continuity it's just this you know if you call it a berlanti verse or the arrow verse whatever you call it it's still a a thing and it's an entity and I just wonder if it's time to put it to bed or do you want to see it just keep going? You know, there's this Naomi, they're doing things. They're talking about uh, John Diggle's character, uh, David Ramsey, uh, doing a show called Justice You. They're, they're talking about all these possibilities. And I just think that pulling the plug via the sale might be the best thing for it. Or at least a soft reboot. You know, I don't want to see Superman and Lois go away, even though it's supposed to be in continuity with the rest of the Arrowverse. I don't want to see that leave. I have not seen Naomi yet, but, you know, I don't want to see these fledgling shows die because the old guard has kind of told their tales. I would like to see maybe they can do something with Flashpoint, the movie, that kind of has an effect because we've already established in that wonderful crisis storyline that Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller's flashes they met. So they are in the multiverse together. With the sale, it could be time for a clean break, but there are shows that don't deserve to die just because of the sale. I guess then the question, but then the the question that remains is, the future I, I guess it's it's more of the future of entertainment but it's also the future of superhero entertainment it just seems like there's going to be no shortage of this stuff i mean marvel has like four shows coming out in addition to all their movies uh coming out and each one has been better than the next i mean hawkeye was brilliant um these shows just keep getting better um and i think warner brothers really hit a home run with peacemaker um, I want to do some, I want to do a full review episode in a couple of weeks when Peacemaker's over, but for somebody who didn't like the Suicide Squad, I love Peacemaker. It's, it's hysterical. <laughs> um, that show is, 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 is hysterical. And, you know, people talk about that Flashpoint movie and possibly getting rid of the DC cinematic universe, even though Aquaman comes out a month later. And Shazam 2 comes out 
this year and all these random shows and movies and all these different things. It just it seems very convoluted. But I guess the, the idea from a fan standpoint is no more will there be a show that is in this genre that'll have 22 episodes like Superman and Lois is 15. Todd Helping said 13 is the sweet spot. Um, you're never seeing massive seasons ever again. And I, again, I, the burden for both the, the arrow show and the flash to have that many seasons of 22, 23, 24 episodes. That is a time suck. It's, it's hard to watch. I do want to note the other rumor, and this is just a rumor is that Warner brothers has made a deal with Netflix for an early termination of their contract. And the CW shows are going to hit HBO Max a lot sooner than than they were supposed to. The originally, the original contract, these are the facts. This is fact. I'll tell you the rumor. The fact is that from the day of last airing, so the day the Arrow show ended, it's supposed to be five years on Netflix. And you could count it from the day that, that it airs you know, in, into the future. And the rumor is that this is all part of it is that Warner brothers paid Netflix a boatload of money to say, um, we, we're going to have new end dates and that that's going to come in down the pike that in 2022, you are going to see an announcement about Supergirl, the flash arrow legends, those four coming from Netflix over to HBO Max, because if you notice the new shows, including Batwoman uh, and Superman and Lois and Stargirl are direct to HBO Max. And so this deal and, and that, that I think helps Warner Brothers a lot. Um, I made a conscious choice. I'm I've said this on the podcast before, and this is my curse. I'm a completist. So if I start something, I finish it. And. I, it's why I never saw Game of Thrones. There's too many of them. I I can't. I I if I if I start it, I finish. So Marvel, I saw every Inhumans episode. I'll, I'll see every episode of I'm Agents so of Shield. I, I saw every episode <laughs> of Agents of Shield, and for a while, I used to call it my homework assignment. And you know, I but that that's just who I am. I'm a completist. You know, Star Wars, I watch Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> okay. You have to be a deep cut Star Wars fan to watch Resistance. Um, the point being is that I made a conscious decision that I am waiting for both Batwoman, Naomi, and Legends. I'm waiting till they're on streaming services. That this finding them on the CW app and the Hulu app and the, this with the commercials and the whole thing. I just, I'm holding off and there's so much good stuff going on right now with peacemaker and Boba Fett and all these other things that I'm not investing in Batwoman. And that's going to be my summer. I'm going to call it summer school. And I'll, <laughs> I'll see Batwoman when it hits HBO max, I'll see legends when it hits Netflix. And because they, as soon as their finales air, they go on these services. That's the best way to see them. See them on those things. That is money well spent. And if the goal of these apps is to get subscribers, 
just keep putting this crap on there because people like me will will consume it. I will see every episode of Batwoman. I haven't watched it yet, and I don't know what the hell's going on, but don't worry. I'll see all of them in time. I hear you. Now, one thing I will have to say about Peacemaker real quick, yeah, and sure. this is something I did enjoy. I did enjoy the Suicide Squad. Uh, I even didn't mind. It was, to me, the first one wasn't horrible, but the second one, much superior, in my opinion. And I don't think they would have had the gumption to do this Peacemaker series if it weren't for things like The Boys and Invincible mm-hmm. that showed that this... And Deadpool. And Deadpool that showed that this, you know, more adult-oriented, um, gorier, more realistic in some ways, and at least more profane <laughs> version of entertainment in the superhero world is not only accepted, but sought out by a lot of people. So, well, I'll be honest, I I had no expectations going into it. Uh, John Cena does nothing for me. Um, You know, I've heard he's a great wrestler. And I mean, I don't don't have a bias against him. Um, I don't know. I can't see him. I just can't see him. Well, well, I'll be be a a perfect example. Um, A friend of mine is doing a project about the Rocks movies. And I helped her put a promo together for it. And I realized I haven't seen any movie that The Rock has ever been in, except for Moana. I have never okay. seen a Rock movie. I, ne- I know who he is, but I've never seen a Rock movie. So Black Adam will be the first time I see Dwayne Johnson in a movie. I think Peacemaker might be the first time I saw John Cena in The Suicide Squad. And I really went out into it with an open slate I was really excited to see Danielle Brooks because she was amazing. I mean, amazing in Orange is the New Black. And Danielle Brooks, she plays Amanda Waller's daughter. Spoilers. And um, the show is just hysterical. The show is hysterical. Yeah. And (laughs) the characters are funny. I find it interesting that in their... 15 years or so in business, they've actually failed to turn a profit, which they've had some really popular shows on there and still do. Riverdale, mm-hmm. you know, people were going gaga over Riverdale. Um, they had Smallville's later seasons, because I think the transition um, between UPN and WB into the CW happened during the run of Smallville. But that's a very popular show. But I have to say, I miss the frog. I miss the frog a bit from WB. <laughs> the WB frog. That's right. Hello, my baby. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yes, the whole thing is they've had some incredible shows on there. Charmed has such a, a cult following. And now they have the new Charmed, which I guess has a following. I haven't really watched it. And you had the haters who didn't like it because it wasn't the original Charmed, but they still had some some incredible shows on there that had quite a following. And for them to not make a profit, I mean, I imagine everyone got their paychecks. So it's kind of, you know, no, what it is had a profit? It, it, it had a very successful run. 
and it had uh, the CW is a great part of uh, television history, but I think it's part of the past. I mean, that, that's where I think it's going. It's going to the past. How can people find you online and what can they see this coming up for uh, fandom spotlight? All right. Well, um, they can find me at fandomspotlight.com is the website. If you look on YouTube, you can just look for fandom spotlight. We also have a sister channel called toy spotlight, where we do a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff on transformers. If you're into that and we're on all the socials as fandom spotlight, uh, what's coming up for us. Well, in about half an hour on the fandom spotlight. Well, by the well, time this, you put this, this out, it'll be over. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't live live um but we we have some uh live panels with vcr redux and next month as the walking dead returns so does the governor reacts which is one of our most popular series and yeah cons are coming so we'll have a lot of con content so yeah that's pretty much where you can find me well awesome uh kyle thanks so much for hanging out with us check out kyle and check out fandom spotlight on everything and uh, watch their youtube shows some fantastic content and uh kyle will come back and hang with us again uh when we have something else to discuss uh in the next week days and weeks to come um that is kyle williamson my name is seth everett thank you thank you thank you for listening and uh, we really appreciate it uh next week uh we'll have an all-new episode every thursday of the hall of justice so make sure you subscribe and it goes right into your podcast player of your choice see you then